Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Sharks fall to the Boston Bruins by a score of 3-1. to one. <clears throat> Have defensemen being injured on the scene. Uh, and uh, and some truculent hockey going on, but unfortunately the Sharks just were not on the winning side. All that and more after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together and interact with us, chat with us, and follow the Sharks fans on the page or the apps you see below, that would be the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube chat, of course, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, all the shenanigans that go down in the Discord. Find all of that and everything else at tealtownusa.com. I am pleased to be joined by Mr. Ian Reed. Ian, uh, quick wide brush thoughts on this one, and uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts? And um, have has this changed your barometer on the team at all? <laughs> no, I mean at this point now, I'm just like, how many more games do I have to do this? This is this is the point I'm at. I'm like starting to count down the games to where I don't have to do this anymore because this team is just bad, and it should feel bad. Um, I mean hell of a game by James Reimer but and a hell of a you know a little bit of a sprint at the end there but ugh, everything else god damn I mean it's it's basically um you know how many ways can we slice a turd at this point and and unfortunately you know the Sharks just continue to uh, prove us that there are uh I guess not enough ways to slice that turd uh just quickly going into that scoring on the first period, Brad Marchand would get his 22nd goal of the season to Brusque and Halla with the assists. That would come in at 14:24 uh, of the first period. And, and really, I mean, in that first 10 minutes, the, the Sharks just look completely lost. I mean, we talk about the power play, the four minute power play that was awarded at the very beginning of the, of the game. And, and it was I it was so bad I could probably count to you the number of seconds the Sharks were actually in the offensive zone with just my two hands yeah it, it wasn't good I mean on this goal it kind of like bothered me too right because it was like the puck gets past Merkley on the boards and I'm like oh well nice seeing you in the lineup again Merkley you'll you'll be gone again and then obviously Ferraro I I don't really get mad at Ferraro for that play like that's a difficult with those two guys that's a difficult play to make um but he kind of gets caught in no man's land and then uh you know uh bang bang play it's in the back of the net just bad for the Sharks yeah I mean I I think that 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 power play definitely set the tone for the way that the team was going to play going forward and the team just looked completely lost and and um really was not ready to play in that first period. Um, and I think there's not really much more than we could say about that. But going into that second period, uh, the Sharks would get a power play again. And uh, this time, uh, Timo Meyer would cash in t- his 24th on the season, Burns and Couture with the assists. And that was a good one for Timo. You saw it in his eyes. You know, he just had a really, really good shot and, um, you know, continue to pump the net and uh, you'll be rewarded. 
Yeah, and and you know, um, going back to the first period a second, a second there, just yeah. because I do want to talk a little bit about like the power play was completely anemic in the first period. Right. Um, but like it seemed like any time, because uh, I know I just I was talking about Merkley kind of getting pinched on the boards there, but any time that like the power play did anything in the first period when it was absolutely anemic, like Ryan Merkley was the one making the plays, um, which you know. But he got pinched on the board. So, I mean, unfortunately, Ferrar got injured. And we'll get into that. So, I guess you can't pull Merkley out of the lineup now because they're running out of defensemen. But, like, it's just, it's dumb when you look at a play like that and then you can look at other plays and you can be like, oh, yeah, but that's the play that this coach is going to fucking drop the hammer. Right? Well, yeah. And, and I think that, that if you were any player, you know, living under that fear, so to speak, I mean, you, you'd be afraid to play your game and, and Merkley's game has always been high risk, high reward. Right. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and we saw that on display tonight. I mean, in that, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into the third period where the team kind of started to wake up a little bit, but, um, you know, just quickly on that second period, just kind of finishing it off. Um, you know, the team would tie the score, um, fairly early, uh, you know, with with a, a little bit of time left, um, probably I think it had eight minutes left in that second period, um, and and I think that they would res res responding pretty well, um, but again, it's just like it took it took ten minutes for them to get their footing into the period, and and it kind of bears out on the shots. I mean, the 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 shots on goal in the first were nine to five, in the second mm -hmm. it was fifteen to four, so. Yeah. You know the one. You know one out of four shots they scored on. Yes, but it's just not enough volume. It's just not enough volume, and, and I think it also will reflect upon, um, you know, the zone time as well. It just looked like everything was being funneled to the Sharks' way. Yeah, the Sharks aren't a good team, and they generally don't hang with good teams. I mean, they've you now people are gonna be like, oh, well, they beat Calgary once, and you know they they they've they've won a couple of games against good teams, but like most of their victories have come against like opponents that are on their level yep yep so uh you know ending out that second period we go into the third brad marchand would score early in the third three minutes 18 seconds in he would get his 23rd hall and smith uh would assist and i think that that was a power play influence goal i have it down as a power play but no it was came just right after the power play uh and of course i mean brad marchand just parked in his normal spot, you know, shooting his normal shot and, you know, the Sharks getting burned on it. And, uh, you know, whether defensive coverage or not, you know, that that's just kind of the signature Brad Marchand play. And, uh, you know, unfortunately the Sharks would be on the receiving end of, of a, a good game by him. I think he played um, his, he played his game tonight. This was vintage Brad Marchand where he got underneath yeah. the team's skin and he contributed on the offensive score sheet. Yeah, I mean, like again, uh, like I said at the, at the top of the show, I mean, the story of tonight's games, if you're a Sharks fan, is Mario Ferraro for all the wrong reasons, and James Reimer. Yep. Yeah, we failed to like, talk about the James Mario Ferraro. Reimer, well, we'll get there. Like, I might as well yeah. cover the game first and we can talk about that. But, like, James Reimer, like, where would this team be without James Reimer? Well, I mean, they'd probably still be losing hockey games, just a hell of a lot worse than they are. Like, James Reimer gave them a chance to hang around in this game. And when they finally found the gas pedal in the last 10 minutes of the third period, they had a chance to walk out with a win or at least tie and get it to overtime and get a point. 
why James Reimer? Like this is why, because a lot of you know, because I I always catch a lot of shit on on Twitter because like, oh look, Jones is gone and the Sharks still fucking suck. Look what you've done. Like, yeah, but you know what? The Sharks had a chance to like with fucking any other goalie in net, including Slachenko. Like if James if James Reimer is not the guy doing what he's doing, like the Sharks aren't in half of these games that James Reimer's kept them in. That's the difference. If you can't see that, you're an idiot. I can't help you. Yeah, and I think. But, you know, I think that this this kind of adds to the to the intrigue with James Reimer is, you know, what will come of him during trade deadline because he's certainly playing his way out of out of San Jose. Um, I wouldn't move him. I mean, unless someone blows your socks off with an offer, I wouldn't move him. I mean, if you got if you got let's say a third or fourth round pick, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't shy away at that. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, like. So what you're gonna you're gonna send him away for a scratch ticket, and then what's your plan next year, Aiden Hill? Well, I mean, this team has has seemingly looked like it's been flying without a plan for a little while. I mean, I don't know. That I know, I know, and I try to re, re, you know recoup assets where you can. But because... here's the thing, right? Like, if if you are not sending everything out, like if you if you're not sending, like I understand. Okay, look at if you if you trade hurdle. And like move another big piece, like a not that it's going to happen, but for argument's sake, a Brent Burns. If you move like players of that caliber out, multiple players, like Hurdle plus plus, then fine. Send Reimer out. Get your get your scratch ticket for a fourth round pick, and hope it you know, and hope you scratch something off. That's nice. But if you're just letting Hurdle walk and nothing else is moving what's what's a fourth round pick i guess at this point this team has shown me that it it deserves to be uh, uh subtracted from you know i think that this team is a lot farther away than you know than i think we'd like to believe um you know and eric carlson doesn't make this team a contending team you know, uh, uh, even if you had like a, a player of, you know, uh, of an Evander Kane's ilk, without the baggage, but you know, it, yeah. without that kind of a player, even even with that kind of a player, the the team is still short. Oh yeah, for sure. It, I just I just think like you've, and not that James Reimer is the like the future, right? Like obviously, if this when this team's good enough. James Reimer's probably not your starter, but he's a good stabilizing force. Like you need, you need guys that can mentor guys in positions. And James Reimer has been a beloved player everywhere he's been. Right? Like he's he's a he's a beloved veteran guy. So unless like someone again, unless someone blows your socks off, like I'm talking second round pick, you know, second round first round pick, why would you why would you give that up? Why would you give up? anything that's going to actually have some stabilizing effect on this complete clusterfuck. <laughs> well, I think, I think Ian, I mean, I think Ian, you're, you're still kind of on that. Well, I don't know because I, 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 I go back and forth between strip it down to the, to the bear and there's semblance of, of a skeleton here. But every time I look at the depth Every time I look at the injuries that have been frequent upon the star players that we do have, I, I just I don't see it, and, and I don't see it 
for at least I, I don't see it for this edition and this generation of, of sharks uh you know homegrowns that, that that they can really do much at this point i think we're waiting for that next wave because this this current crop outside of timo outside of hurdle uh, you know outside of those two i mean a lot of a lot of guys have been hurt for a long time or yeah and that's and that's and this thing with like ferrar going down tonight like i think that's my concern is that the Sharks front office is going to look at this season and then just look at man games lost and be like, well, there's your problem. Yeah. That could definitely even see though, the team doing that. Even though like, you know, and we don't know what happened. Mark Ferrar. It didn't look good at all. <sighs> like something's broken or something's torn. I mean, when you're looking like Gumby out there on the ice, that's a pretty bad sign. Right. Um, but, but I mean, like, and this is the part that would that would drive me crazy because like the sharks were like even even the sharks were the the sharks position in the standings was a mirage even before Eric Carlson got hurt. Yep. So to come away from this season and be like, oh well, injuries. You know, if we just stayed healthy, we'd be in the mix. Like Jesus Christ! Like how how glass half full can you be looking at this thing? Like, I don't know how you could objectively look in, at this team this year and go, well, you know, if, if injuries don't break the way they do, we'd be fine. Like, no. Right. And and I think that that just lends more credence to the fact that the team is just not close enough. And, and no, I, it's not. And I, and I think it, it deserves to be, you know, I think it, it deserves at this point a, a fresh look, at least on the roster, at least on, on what they can do with these contracts, because of course we can talk about it ad nauseum. But getting back mm-hmm. to that game, uh, getting back to the game, of course, uh, Patrice Bergeron would put the dagger in the heart with uh, nineteen, you know, in nineteen twenty in the third period, the Sharks weren't even able to pull James Reimer for the extra attacker. Uh, Pasternak and Marchand would get the assists. So Brad Marchand, of course, having a three point night. Uh, you had uh, Patrice Bergeron, you know cashing in his 14th and I mean look outside of Ryan Merkley keeping a really good play in at the at the blue line in the last five minutes of the game he yeah, looked like he was directing him as a shark yeah like it was his best game as a shark I, I agree uh, and outside of the one gap in the like the shark Akuta COVID days like yeah. I thought this was this was his best game in the NHL yeah and it's not even close yeah I, I think this game, he really started to show what he can do. I think you're starting to see a little bit of the confidence. You, the the very, very uh, positive sign that I see out of Orion Merkley is he did have that gaffe in the first period, but he didn't let it affect his game. And he would continue to get better and stronger as the game went on. Of course, Bob Bugner's hand was kind of tied. He had to play him yeah. with that injury to Mario Ferraro in the second period. This one is just one of those hits that you that we talk about being textbook not supposed to be in the game. And and Taylor yeah, Hall, I mean, it's funny because like I had to go back and look. I thought like I didn't think much of it watching it live. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh, that's that's unfortunate. Like, it looked just like fortunate. But then when you watch the replay, and you look like, you know, and you look the way he kind of threw his arm into the, to his lower back, like there's only one place for him to go. Um, uh, it's it's a shitty play. Like it, sh- and it, and it should get, it should definitely someone should look at it. Um, 
the sharks, you know, you'd probably want to see them. If you're going to dress all the fucking guys that are going to beat people up, then they should probably beat someone up when someone takes liberties on your player like that. Um, but I mean, we should have, uh, we should have gotten, we should have seen a Brad Marchand and or Taylor Hall be punked on the ice by, by a Gadjevich or by a VL. Well, I mean, I or mean, just something, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I mean, obviously, look, you scored on the power play. So, I mean, you made them pay where it counts. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I didn't like that whole thing. Like it, I was surprised that like how far the trainer had to get with Ferraro before someone went over and, and helped Ferraro off the ice. Yep. Like for all the talk about how much better the culture is and everything else this year, like that's kind like that whole thing was kind of alarming. Forget like not the fighting after cause whatever, like, you know, it, it, hockey players do dumb things when people get hurt, but I just like, I didn't like how nonchalant everyone was. I'll t- I'll give you I'll, I'll I'll tell you this though Mario Mario Ferraro is one tough mf'er. I mean that that yeah he that ankle looked fractured, and he was still trying to skate off off the ice on it. And uh, Ray Tufts you know had to run out there and and go get him. But as Ian had said, Logan Couture nowhere to be in fa- found. You know a, a, a Tomas Hurdle. I don't even know who was on the ice at that point. I don't know. I I just but, know like Brent Burns finally went over to get him. So kudos to Brent Burns, but I'm surprised. Like, obviously he's having trouble. He can't put any weight on that leg, and nobody, nobody goes over to help. I don't, I don't know, man. I, whatever. Yeah. No. So uh, anyhow, again, if you take a look at the at the um, at the replay, you can clearly see that Ferraro goes in feet first. Um, it, the ankle just goes like that ladies and gentlemen that's all i can tell you and yeah it's, i it's, mean to me that's a break or it's you know if there if there's not a break or a fracture or a tear there's probably a tear like yeah. and none of those none of those are good i mean like i think the tear would probably be the worst case scenario a fracture too i mean i think a fracture yeah would... fractures are great but i mean a tear like i'd be more worried with the muscle than the bone yeah yeah, I I agree with that. You know, as long as there's no structural damage to that to that Achilles, you know that that's the the one that you worry about the most back there. But again, even still, I mean, it's 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 not good, and um, we'll see what the reports come out for Ferrari. We you know knocking on wood, crossing I fingers. Can't but imagine it being good, and I don't know how they. I mean, they can't. I mean, obviously they can't scratch Ryan Merkley anymore, so that's good. Um, Kevin Lacey brought up that like they, the Sharks have two defensemen left that they can call on uh, from the Barracuda. Yeah. Uh, and that is, I think it's Knaizev and Hataka. Yeah. Or Hataka. So I, I, I Hataka, if, if Ferraro can't go, and I assume that's going to be the case, I'm guessing Hataka is going to be the guy who's going to get called back up, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a mess. Uh, it's not. It's not. I mean, this team is in dire straits, and and this certainly doesn't help anything. And obviously, like, look, I like Mario Ferraro a lot. I know, I'm, I, I somehow like people on the show think I don't like him just because I just. It's not I think what don't you like don't him. like, you don't, you know what you don't like. You don't like Brett Hedekin's continual praising of Mario Ferraro and continuing to, you know put him forth even once he's you know made some 
some really no it's not even that i think i i think the thing with mario is is that a lot of sharks fans put him in a stratosphere of defenseman that he's not in okay right so everyone's talking like oh man mario's next deal it's gonna be like huge it's like it shouldn't be like if if you think that mario ferraro should get a darnell nurse contract like I fuck man, I can't. And, and then and then people are like, oh, well, you don't think he's good? You don't think he's funny? Like you you don't like him? I'm like no, I think he's good. I just don't think he's he's in that tier of defensemen. Well, I mean, I think he's gonna at least be knocking on something north of five million uh, a year. But I I don't think again, I don't think he's. Would I give him a seven by seven deal at this point in time? No, I would not. Um, I think that that he is um on it's definitely on his way to being there and i think you can definitely see that he's the emotional heart and soul yeah he's a, he's a good player and i think the i think the room i think the guys love him and i think he's a good player he's just not an elite player he's good he's a middle pair defenseman on a contender yeah number and then there's nothing wrong with that i mean there's most... no i mean that's and that's and that's good you need those kind of guys he's just not the like he's a number yeah, four defenseman just, he's a number yeah. four defenseman at this point in his career and not saying that he can't, you know, rise up to be a, you know, a, a first pairing guy. Cause I think he, he definitely can be, but um, he's not, but he, he, he's the anchor of that line. He's not the guy. He's, true. he's, he's, you know what I mean? Like every, every D pair has that guy who's kind of the anchor to the other guy. Right. Like yeah. But I mean, I just, I look back to like him and Burns Mm-hmm. And I felt that they had a good relationship, and I think a lot of people would say that would have been the Sharks' first pair. And I don't think he looked out of place. That um, pairing's been caved. No, uh, no, I mean in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean second half of the season. I mean it's not even. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we have to put the stats out the window at this point because the ice times have been all screwed up. The amount of load impact on the team has been all wacky since the injuries so i i don't put any stock into the second half of the season and i'm and at this point i kind of <laughs> washed it you know so oh um we gotta say uh thank you and a shout out to 21 pucks super chat donation 499 from 21 pucks head on a pike ian <laughs> yeah. yeah i know look i'm not i like mario ferraro i like mario ferraro i just don't love mario ferraro i like i i just I like him a lot. I just, I know what he, I, but I know what he is and that's fine. But I, yes, thank you for the I think he's going to be a, I think he's going to be a foundational piece moving forward. I just think that he's not in the prime of his career he's yet. He's Brendan Dillon. Uh, right now he's Brendan Dillon. You're, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think, I think that's, that's what he's comparison. Brendan Dillon. Yeah. He's a, a guy comparison. that everybody likes. He's competent. He's a competent defenseman. He's Brandon Dillon. That's not a bad thing. Brandon I like that comparison. Like that comparison. I think. I think you got it spot on there. So, Ian. I mean, we, we talked about this game and and kind of got over it enough. I don't think we need to go over the stats. Sharks thoroughly dominated. Um, I want to play a little uh, a little brain game, <laughs> if you will. Okay. And uh, let's say that uh, Ian Reed is given the Sharks this this roster as it is constructed right now. Okay. And 
you're going a little bit better offensively than Dylan. Not much. Okay, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> uh, what would be your first off-season move? Oh, and fuck. and I'm saying that basically you're going to go in status quo with all the contracts. So, you know, this is a few days before the Tomas Hurdle contract runs out. He's still on the team. Um, you know, you're you have all the contracts as they are now. What what is the first thing you want to do with this team? Who am I? Who am I in this in this situation? Uh, you're you're the overlord. You're the puppet master. I'm the I'm Doug. You're Wilson. the guy. You're the guy. Am I Doug Wilson? You're Doug Wilson. I fire myself. No, um, <laughs> I walk away. <laughs> I, I walk retire. away. I just I just <laughs> I light a match and walk away. Um, gosh, I I mean, you start. We, you have to start moving pieces out, right? Like, you have to accept that this isn't working. Um, if if Hurdle's not going to resign, you trade him. You don't risk walking him to free agency and getting nothing. Okay. Uh, because you're not a playoff team, right? Like, uh, you know, people, bef- like, I always, the, the, the dumbest thing that I always see in my timeline is like, oh, we can't let Hurdle walk to free agency like we did Joe Pavelski. Bitch, Joe Pavelski, we were at a conference fucking final when Joe Pavelski walked. Like, that's not when you sell players, right? Like, they were a playoff team. This team is nowhere near the playoffs. This is this team has no illusions of being a playoff team. So look at, I mean, if you're not, if you can't get Hurdle pen to paper, gotta trade him. You can't risk going into the offseason and losing him for nothing. What do you hold fast? What is your number for Tomas Hurdle that you hold fast on? that you cannot let him pass that number. And if you do, you let him walk. Eight and a half. 8.5. Okay. And how many years? Um, It's Tomas Hurdle as many as he wants. Okay. Okay. So eight and a half. So let, let's just say eight and a half by eight. You'd be all right with that deal. Um, I mean, it's, that's what, that's what you're going to have to like. Maybe I don't like that deal, but this is the NHL. If you don't give him that deal, someone's going to give him that deal. Okay. Right. And this is not a situation where you don't have, a, there's no replacement for Tomas Hurdle and like on this team right now. Yeah. So he's like, Tomas Hurdle could, could be a guy that when you are finished doing whatever you're doing, he could still be here and he could still be a useful part of that. Yeah. Plus the fan base loves him. Like it's, Still a business. Okay. So who is the contract then that is sacrificed to have Tomas Hurdle signed at that deal? Um well I think because I think you're still like even see, even if you keep Hurdle, I think you're you're probably going for, you, you know, you're gonna go for it one more year. God damn. Um I mean I probably I think I don't buy Vlasic this year. That bio penalty is going to be too much. Okay. So I ride that another year. I might try and find a taker for Brent Burns. So Burns is the first domino to, to, to fall for you. Yeah, because I don't think you're going to trade. It's It's got to be Burns or Couture. Like those are the only two guys that are going to actually get you a return in trade. Yeah, and those are the guys that I circle too. Those are the guys that I circle back to as, you know, a uh, as the the casualties to something like that for for Tomas Hurdle because I think they're kind of the last leftovers of the 
Joel Thornton era. I mean, the last, I mean, Hurdle got a little bit of Thornton, but I wouldn't say, you know, he played the majority of his career with with Thornton. I mean, yeah. at, when his career will be said and done, I think he will play more without Jumbo than with him. So For sure. Um, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, so like it's got to be, I, I'd probably look at moving like a Couture or a Brent Burns. And then, you know, because you slowly got to like, there's no quick solution. Like the Sharks don't have like, there's no way they can just strip this thing to the bolts. Yeah. There's just not, there's not enough teams to take all those contracts. Right. In one shot. Right. So you got to do it's It's going to be slow and it's going to be painful, but it's got to be methodical. Um, and I probably, and if I'm the overlord, I'm going to sit down with my coach and be like, Hey, dummy, can you stop bitching about lack of scoring and then dressing as many guys who can't score as humanly possible? Can we not do that? Maybe. So we'll circle. (laughs) So we circle around to utilization and and that being also like how dumb is like, okay. So obviously what Cogliano couldn't play tonight. Right, personal reasons. Personal reasons. So you're and going considered to... questionable tomorrow. Right, and you were gonna you were gonna scratch Jonathan Dolan, but and your response, like your big master fucking plan, we're not really scoring. You know, I need more from Jonathan Dolan, so I'm gonna play Gadjevich and Vial together. <laughs> yeah, because that makes sense. Like, there's that's a logical thing that you would a logical person would do, and don't get, like and look at like I. I don't generally com- bitch a lot about the fourth line because I know, like I we know the coach Bob Bugner is right, so like I know he's going to dress one of those guys. Fine, I will give you one of those guys. A lot of people won't. I will. I'll give you one of those guys because I know you're an idiot. Both of them, because what? Like, what are they bringing? Um, you know, and then like. How much rope does Noah Gregor get? Yeah. Right? And I'm not not even, like, completely sour on Gregor. Like, obviously. But I don't understand how it's like, like, Noah Gregor has no points. Like, not very many points. Like, how does he get all this rope? And somehow Jonathan Dolan, your fourth best scorer, doesn't. Right? And it's like, I don't understand. So if you're going to... Okay, so fine. So you're going to scratch Jonathan Dolan. Call someone up. Give someone, give somebody who might actually be here tomorrow an opportunity. And I'm not saying any of these guys are for sure NHLers or, you know, maybe they haven't had the seasons or maybe they haven't looked good when they've come up last year or earlier this year. But like, it's called development for a reason, right? Like you can't just like, oh, well, you know, Joachim Blickfield, we gave him a couple of games. He got suspended because he's an idiot and uh, we've seen all we need to see from him. Like that's not how development works. You don't get, it's not fucking lose yourself. You don't get one chance and one opportunity. So what are you going to do? Like is Eminem, the coach of our fucking hockey team. And, you know, you also got to wonder about people that were here, uh, last year, Troy Leonard, you know, um, you know, yeah, like John, like John, I don't, I, and again, I don't care. Just bring, if you're going to lose, lose young. Yeah. Right. That's my thoughts. Like, but obviously this team is still living in this fantasy world where they think they're going to storm back into this. 
Are, are they though? I mean, after looking at tonight's game, I, I, I don't see it. I, I mean, I no. I, just, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, no. I mean, do you think that they're that much in denial though at this point, or or, or are they starting? You know, what 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 more will it have to take to show that this team is just not there anymore? What will it take? Well, it's a it's about culture though, right? <laughs> He brings up the C word. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I don't know, dude, I don't know. Like, I, and again, I, I'm not like, there's, there's so many guys that they have under contract in the Barracuda and like Lacey in the chat saying like, at this point, whatever, call them up, like, see what they see. If anything changes, see if they can, if they can do anything. Like I just give them an opportunity if it doesn't work and they suck and they show that they don't belong in the NHL. Well, guess what? Joachim Blickfield's been down there forever now. If he can't do it now, like a decision's gonna have to be made. But at least give him the opportunity to fail. John Leonard, excuse me. Uh Nick yes, John Leonard. Nick Merkley, Blitchfield, Hal Bigelwatt. I like Nick Merkley too, but like Nick Merkley again, like the fourth line player, right? I'm talking about guys like if you're gonna scratch Jonathan Dolan, like I like Nick Merkley, but Nick Merkley's not gonna score a bunch of goals for you he's, he's a guy who you could you could get rid of him and you know like you take weatherby out of line okay call up nick merkley gotcha. right like that's that's the trade you make but if you're gonna take a doll note like let's see a reedy let's see a blickfeld let's see a leonard like whoever give him a shot just yeah and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but at least you gave them an opportunity yeah yeah and so you know, I think the Sharks are again going to stare down the the chasm a little bit going into that trade deadline, and and I think at this point for me, I think all options should be on the table. Yeah, I mean, if like I said, if if Hurdle wants to go, you you have to go. I love Hurdle. Like Hurdle's one of my favorite players on this team, and I know like this is this is why I get to be a fan, right? Because I can let my heart bleed into this a little bit like i don't want hurdle to go anywhere neither do i like do i acknowledge that hurdle would probably net you a hell of a return and that would help the rebuild yes yeah do i want to see that still not super like i you know there's other guys that i would sooner see off the team than than hurdle yeah yeah and 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 again it's it's how much are you going to hurt the team versus how much assets you're going to get back and and you know, it's going to be a low first rounder if you're going to go to a contender. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a grade probably A minus B plus type prospect from a contending team, which means the cupboard is probably going to be slightly bare. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and maybe one other player that that would get thrown in there. And is that enough? And and I don't I I don't know. I, at this point, I don't know how to quantify that. And um, at this point, you know, I think that this team needs to find some kind of direction and, and needs yeah. to, to, to look towards some kind of future where it's got either Tomas Hurdle with it or an array, a, a large array of young pieces ready to, to, to go in the next two to three years. But again, like you had said, there's there's no quick fix to this. And... No, and that's the, and that's the thing, right? Like, there's no yeah. nothing that the Sharks are gonna do this off season or this trade deadline 
is going to like magically make them a contender again next year. Yeah. But what they do, like what they do this trade deadline, this off season can set them back. And that's, I think that's the frustrating things for fans because like, there's no, there's no quick solution here, but you can set this thing back further based on the moves you make tomorrow. And I think that's the, that's the scary thing, right? That's, and that's where I get really nervous, you know, because I know a lot of people in this fan base still like Doug Wilson. I know some, I know there's a good portion of us that are completely fed up with Doug Wilson, but I understand that there's, you know, there's people that still have faith that Doug Wilson can turn this around, but like, but I worry about like the, the Ken Holland effect where you keep him for so long that he does just irreparable damage that takes a decade to fix. Yep. Where you're holding on and holding on and holding on to pieces that, you know, you, you need to have a more um, accountable eye towards or, or have a little bit more critical eye to those pieces that, um, that maybe you drafted or maybe you, developed a special bond with or or whatever i mean yeah um I'm, you know i'm looking at 39 and 88 you know and and he's shown a lot of loyalty to those guys and i think at the detriment of the team at times um but uh you know i think again this team um needs to have some kind of direction though and i think at this point it's still looking very rudderless and uh, going into the trade deadline i think having that kind of rudderless ship is giving me a lot of anxiety at this point. And as a fan, I think most people can see that, that this team is not, um, you know, that this, this team is several steps away. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Right. And it's just like, it's one of those things where I, I, I don't have the answers, man. Like if, if I had the answers, I wouldn't be sitting here on a podcast at one thirty in the morning. Like, I don't have all the answers. I have, I have opinions, but like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm like this hockey savant that, you know, if I didn't blow up my knee, I'd be the greatest GM in the world. <laughs> you were the next Dominic Hasek, man. I, I was, I was going to be the guy and then I blew my knee out. You know how it goes. <laughs> you did it in high school, right? <laughs> or no, excuse me. I did it a- on your, on your junior team. I was just before, you know, I was I was going to get drafted to the OHL and then boom, knee gone. Uh, so it over. happened in Bantams? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that that's going to wrap it up uh, for for this uh you know, for this game and I think for for this little this little period coming up and now we'll go on to uh to I I guess we got to do the thing. Common courtesy to give him a reach around. Yeah, he asked me not to do it, but you know, it's the only one that I had on hand. So here we go. Uh Oilers beat the Panthers four to three. The Capital or excuse me, the Flyers beat the Capitals two to one. Carter Hart getting the uh win there. So I think uh, Ian's bringing some more relief. Uh <laughs> Rangers beat the Penguins one nothing. Um Christian Yari with the shutout. Uh, the Canadians beat the Senators in what is only considered the Canadian crap bowl. 
That is five so straight strategic. for the Habs, though. Five straight for the Habs. <laughs> five straight, but they're only 13 and 33. <laughs> Start at the bottom. Now we're here. What is this song? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, Matt Murray with the loss. Andrew the Hamburglar with the win on that one. Uh, the Lightning beat the Predators 3-2. to two. Uh, You had Braden Point and Kucherov and Stamkos all scoring for the Lightning. The Maple Leafs <laughs> beat the Red Wings in what can only be described as a flashback to 1984 <laughs> with a score of 10 to 7. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. 10 to 7. <clears throat> um, I don't even, they don't even have the goalies listed in the game. They don't even have no, the Because four of them played. <laughs> and none of them had I think I think none of them had a save percentage over eight. Oh my god. Oh everybody uh get your DeLorean ready. We're we're going back. Um the Avalanche beat the Golden Knights three to two. Um Burakovsky, Comfer, and McKinnon with the goals for the Avalanche. Uh of course uh, the Bruins beat the Sharks three to one. Flames beat the Wild seven to three. And uh, and the Kings would beat the Islanders five to two. So uh, you know, in a game of keeping up with the Joneses, the Sharks are not keeping up. <laughs> and uh, you know that 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 bottom of the Pacific Division is starting to look very very cozy to this team. I don't know, and they're not they're not cracking level bad yet, but they they have a chance there is a chance <laughs> yeah i mean it it sucks because like i think for the sharks like there's just although montreal i mean on a run now with with andrew hammond cuz again what year is it um <laughs> can he do it again folks <laughs> the hamburglar um i i can't i can't even believe this dude and then <laughs> i'm having deja vu <laughs> And, and, you know, and, and, and like, so maybe they're going to take a run, but I think like the, the problem is, is there's just so many other teams that are just so much worse than like, I mean, the Sharks have been really bad in this last stretch, but <laughs> oh, like we... there have been teams that have been, that have been like this all season. That... All right. I think we got a handle that wins the internet for the evening. <laughs> Pipping hot Arby's <laughs> super chat donation, $10. Thank you for watching this team. So I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry and go ahead yeah nope but i mean it's true it's uh I, i'm 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 here to i'm here to serve i'm happy to i'm happy to watch games so you don't have to um i'll just be happy when they're all done and there's more exciting things going on like the draft <laughs> can there be baseball yet please <laughs> uh well that being said ian do you have any final thoughts on the show on the show on the evening and uh where the people can find you uh you can find me at in blogs hockey on the twitter machine um i'm sure i'm gonna get all kinds of hell for calling brendan uh for calling uh mario ferrar brendan dylan i'm sure that's gonna get me all kinds of hell so i'm looking forward to that um get your pitchfork sharpened hell. yeah get your pitchfork sharpened i I'm, I'm sure i deserve hell for that um but yeah no other than that man i mean when the sharks do bad it's bad um but I'm just, I'm past the point of being angry. I just kind of, I'm just sure so I don't get fined, man. <laughs> Trying to avoid that NHL fine because 
we all know we're all hurting for Chetta at this point. Uh, for me, from from my end, I mean, I don't really have too much to say. Rather than just keep your expectations set low for the rest of this season, uh, expect the mediocrity, embrace the mediocrity, and we'll see where we end up in the in the roulette wheel that is the draft. And uh, you know, hopefully, this pain for Shane thing is is all worth it. Uh, but it's not even going to be like the best they're going to draft is like. Oh, don't you ruin my party. Don't put a uh, wet blanket gonna, on me. Gonna, the best they're going to draft is like eight. <laughs> like the best if they're lucky. Like, and I think that if they're lucky, like they're probably going to end in that like 10 to 12 range. You, you, you stop being logical, you. Mm, <laughs> and you can use my first name. That's E-R-I-K, last name L-A-N-D-I on all the social media garbage. That being said, in case you missed us, check us out across all of your podcasting applications. That would be the Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, the YouTube Rewind. You also got the SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iHeartRadio. All of that and more on TealTownUSA.com. Thank you, everyone, for uh, for checking us out, and uh, we'll see you after the next cast. So keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Thank you, everybody, and have a great one.